Welcome to the realm of magic and mystery, classic horror and sci-fi. You are now entering the House of the Unusual podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Joe. Hey guys, how are you? What's up, Joe? What's going on, guys? You guys ready for today's show? Let's get it going. Oh, yeah. There we go. We're going to go now. All right, guys. So, go ahead, Joe. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for, for stopping by House of the Unusual podcast. Uh, tonight, we got a special guest on tonight. He is magician Chuck Caputo. Chuck, welcome to the uh, the audiovisual podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. It's great being here. Thank you so much. Awesome. And, uh, you know, since we got you going now, give everyone a little um, a rundown about yourself, you know, who you are. Uh, what you do for a living and maybe you know some of your interests you know since a lot of us you know we've you know every episode we talk about our love for novelties and comics and movies so you know give us a little insight into to what's going on with you sure i'd be glad to i think we're pretty much in the same category except mine is more into magic i'm a professional magician from pittsburgh it's about 17 degrees outside so it's very cool here But uh, yeah, what I do is I've been doing magic for about 37 years professionally as a full-time job. So it's been a lot of traveling. I travel throughout the whole United States and Canada. So, um, you know, know, with different types of stage shows, close-up shows and so forth. And, uh, you know, plus I collect magic, a lot of antique magic props. I believe at one time Eddie owned owned a magic shop. I have a lot of Thayer, Owen, Abbott's, Supreme. The main thing I collect, which is what I'm known for, is Inverti. He was a Dutch magician, and he he had a lot of electronic gadgets, uh, really cool magic tricks, spirit bells, uh, card rises, things that move, things that float. And he also built plastic effects, uh, bottles, trays, and so forth. Really cool stuff. If you search Anverti online, you can see uh, he'll pop up, and you'll see a lot of my videos because I actually uh, demonstrate quite a few of the effects. Uh, But throughout the years, I've also built a lot of magic that I've sold worldwide. And uh, I actually built a lot of electronic stuff, too. Uh, so it's, yeah, you know what, like mechanical type of gadgets and things of that nature. Uh, you know what, but I know you guys are into novelties and comics, which I, when I was a kid, man, I'll tell you what, <laughs> I was probably the biggest sucker. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, if PT Barnum said there's a sucker every born every minute, right? Yeah. So I, so I bought it, you know, I wish I would have saved all that stuff. It's amazing how valuable it's amazing. Right. But, uh, I yeah. mean, but that stuff always fascinated me and I like comics too. So. Oh, good. You know, we, we've talked a lot on this. This podcast, uh, we've had a few few people on that either are magicians or deal with, um, you know, magic stuff. Especially one guy who deals a lot with um, Harry Houdini, you know, memorabilia and all that. So we've talked a lot about magic, and you know, I know Eddie's been real big into magic. You know, my only thing is I I, I liked watching it when I was younger. You know, I, I'm a product of the '80s, so I grew up, you know, watching. Um, <laughs> you know, some of those guys that were on, you know, on TV and, um, you know, that was my only real insight in, into magic. And now I, you know, I like, I still like watching, you know, different stuff. And right. I, I recently got a, um, for Christmas, my wife got me a vintage, uh, 
Gilbert uh, Misto Magic playset oh. from 1938. Cool, um, nice. I thought it was really cool. I, I really liked the the front cover. It was, you know, because I'm real big into horror and all that. So I like the the devils, you know, dancing around the the pot, you know, the cauldron <laughs> on the front, and then there was, you know, the inside was really cool. So I really, you know, might have to start getting into collecting some vintage uh, kits because as me and Eddie were talking before, you know, and he got me really looking into some of the kits. They're just, you know the artwork and just everything that's in them was, you know, really cool. And it's, it's got me a little bit more, more into magic, but, you know, we'll let Eddie take it from here. Cause he's the one, he had the magic shop and, you know, he was real big in it in himself well, more than me. <laughs> well, let me tell you, uh, let me tell you a story. Yeah, I did have a magic shop in 1989, just before I got in contact with Lou Weiss, the original owner of the fun factory. And I closed down the magic shop to join forces with him and do a mail order company again. And as I said before, Chuck, my ad, the first ad that ever ran in comic book was Johnson Smith in 1939 with uh, Superman, the Action Comics number one. And the final ad that ever ran, and this you can look it up on Google, you can you know do the research, was 1993, and that was the the Fun Factory, which uh, was me and Lou Weiss. We ran that in 1983. So oh. I do have the title of holding the last ad for novelties for jokes and tricks on comic books. And it ran in DC Comics, um, the January issue, which went on sale in December of 93. Now, the other thing that was interesting about it is, yeah, the magic shop was fascinating and stuff. And I used to do magic at a young age. Then later on, I stopped. I Well, when I had the magic shop, I had a magician friend of mine who I would give parties to. And, you know, we, I, I would book parties for him and that's how, you know, I dealt with magic. But the fact that I, you grow up watching comic books, you grow up um, ordering jokes and novelties, magic always has a field in that. Now, but here I have some exciting news of what happened today. Well, I was over in um, earlier this morning, I looked at my, my, uh, I, I, Dr. Saab is one of the persons that have come over to our website. And he's been there talking, and Todd has been talking back and forth with him for some time now. I think Dr. Saab has been a customer of mine for quite so many years. Never really talked to him directly, but as of about two days ago, I sent him some stuff he wanted. And I sent him the Abracadabra Magic Shop robot plans. Those were the plans that, and I'm sure you know which one I'm talking about. It was sold by the House of a Thousand Mysteries, Chuck. The plans for a dollar. And, you know, the way the Abracadabra Magic Shop did it, it looked like it were um, a drawing of a Frankenstein monster. It said, build your own monster. So when I was a kid, I made the mistake of ordering those, even those are available everywhere under the sun to this day. I didn't order the ones that I've been looking for for 38 years now. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, I told Dr. Saab, he, you know, I sent him the plans. And he's like, hey, I should build them. And I say, hey. If you build it, you live in Jersey. I'll go pick them up. <laughs> and I didn't know he took it serious. So he's like, oh, well, there's no problem. Do you want a full size or a miniature? So I got really excited. And I'm like, hey, if you can do a full size, I'm all for that. So we went back and forth. And uh, he made, um, this is really interesting. He made a, a CAD drawing of just a head. And he got me going because I sent the photos of the robot from the ad, the original one that I'm looking for the plants and I can't find. And through the CAD drawing, I know this guy is like a genius. He's an engineer of some sort, so he's going to put it together. It's 
It's going to take, I, he says, it's going to be more than six to eight weeks or four to eight weeks. And I said, I'll, I'll wait eight to 12 weeks. It's fine, you know. So anyway, that's the excitement I have today because um, this morning we went back. And if you go to the website and you go onto the forum, it'll be under, um, I think, House of the Unusual Delivery. That's the topic. And you could see what I discussed with them. Now, Chuck here, uh, Joe, about... I think it was two or three weeks ago, he reaches out to me. He says, hey, Eddie, you're selling the Gray Leon Miniature Haunted House, the book, which is a book that's been around. I've been selling for years, but they, they, it's been sold by many magic companies, you know. But he says, I actually had one. I built it, and I was performing. So he took the performance, which, believe it or not, Chuck, I wanted to have a clip on here, but uh, I really couldn't because of the way it was recorded. The It was an MP3 format or MP4. And for some reason, StreamYard wouldn't let me play it. There is a way, but I, I wasn't ready for it today. So I'm going to leave it as that, you know, but you did perform. And then I asked them, Joe, would you sell me the house? <laughs> and this guy sell me. And I've never seen, honestly, I've never seen one in live. I've never seen one on eBay. Um, I, I've just never seen one. It's a miniature form. And I think it would fit right night into my collection. So, so what did what is what is the uh, haunted house, Chuck? Can you give us a little insight on? Go ahead, Chuck. Give us a what, what is it? You know, yeah. is it a magic trick or is it something else? Okay, Joe. What I what I tend to do is I I lean towards spooky magic. You know what I mean? Yes. Now, 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 yeah, right. now for kids, now for kids' birthdays and schools, you can't do that, obviously. But for Halloween parties and so yeah, forth, you can't scare the hell out of them when they're three years <laughs> in <Yeah>. kindergarten. <laughs> and exactly like Eddie said, there, there there's a manuscript uh, that was put out by Magic Incorporated, uh, okay. for probably over 40, 40 years now. And I bought that manuscript about about twenty five years ago, and I actually was fortunate enough to buy one of the Leon haunted houses and I, and I traded it. It was big. It was bigger than I thought. So I figured, well, I'm going to build a smaller one. So what I did was I, I actually constructed a tabletop version where you can carry it under your arm if you had to, because if it's too big for me, it makes it very difficult, especially with the time constraints of, of setting a show up. So I actually built this thing. Some of it came from a dollhouse, other parts. What I had to do is built the whole front of the frame. What this is, uh, Joe is, is a dollhouse that's more or less, it's sitting on a table. And so I, I go in and I tell a story about that there was a haunted house in, when I was a kid. It was, it was in my neighborhood. And so I just stand next to the, next to the house and I ring the doorbell and it, it goes bing bong. And the, the way I have it rigged, the door slowly opens and there's a grim reaper standing there with his eyes flashing green. Oh, okay. Cool. And then, yeah, in an up in the upper right hand corner, there is a, there's a shuttered window and both of the shutters slowly open and there's a ghost standing. There. Okay. So then it'll close and the door will close. I snap off the front and now you're looking in the house. So things you put in a house, like there's a, a slate, you know, like an old chalk slate, it's blank. And I lay it in the house. I put a piece of chalk next to it and I stand completely away from it. And that little chalkboard will float and rise. I ask, are the spirits with me? And written on the chalk slate, it says, yes, real bold. Okay. Oh, cool. But then I, yeah. So then I pull that out and then I have a scarf that I put inside of a bottle. I put the lid on it. I stand back. It pops up out of the bottle, you know, and so forth. So there's, there's a whole bunch of things, you know, and it's all based on the original uh, directions, but I put my own twist to it. Nice. Okay. Uh, really yeah. Cool. yeah. So I actually used that at school shows over 20 years ago. And, uh, and then for some reason, it, I just got, I, I went to a different avenue, you know, and I packed it away. 
And I noticed on uh, like around Halloween time, there was a there was a forum that I belonged to and people were talking about spirit cabinets. So mm -hmm. so I told them I have a, uh, a, a, a fabrication of the great Leon one. And so I, I, I videotaped it to my wife and I put that on there and they really seemed to get a kick out of it. But this is a tabletop one. OK, now there's real big uh, spirit cabinets as well, but this is a tabletop one. I think the tabletop version started in 1939 by Stuart James. He built a uh, cephalalgia cabinet. And so it's kind of strange sounding name, but if you Google it, if you search, search Stuart James, his, his version was a little different. There was a curtain that you slid over when things happened. See, the thing I like about the Great Leon House is it's in the open. Once you snap the front panel off, you actually see the, 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 the chalkboard floating, the scarf popping out of the bottle. Stuart James has just slid the curtain across and things would happen. Okay, you know, like things would move and so forth. So I think the Leon is a little bit more visual. That's what caught my eye. It's a pretty complex thing. I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of mechanics, and I added a lot to it. So so I happened to notice that Eddie was selling on eBay the uh, you know the uh, uh, the Great Leon manuscripts. So I dropped him a note. I said, "Listen, I I built one of these actually," and I sent him the video. And that's you know, pretty that's pretty much how we met. <laughs> Joe, I, I don't know if um if I told you well. I tonight we were going to have Dave Harbour sat here with you. Unfortunately, he had uh, some, some stuff and he wasn't able to make it. But um, uh, he uh, definitely would like to be in next week or something. He you know wants to see if he can uh, connect with you and stuff. But what what, what I was going to say is, with the Great Leon Miniature Haunted House a few years ago, I would say probably in two thousand and five, I got a call or maybe I could be wrong. It could be more like two thousand ten. I got a uh, an email. From a guy who said he was the grandson of the great Leon, and he goes, "Oh, you're selling my my grandfather's manuscript." He says, "I remember him doing that trick all the time." So he actually bought one of them. Oh, <laughs> nice! Because I'm like the grandson. <laughs> <laughs> now, but, Chuck, you 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 mentioned uh, earlier that you you get into building a lot of your um uh, a lot of your stuff for your your magic shows and all that, and a lot of it's mechanical. Now, is that because uh, I don't know too much about you know how the magic industry works, but is that normal for a magician to build his own tricks, or do they usually have somebody that builds them for you that works with the magician on putting the uh, the magic trick together? <laughs> well, I think I think for the most part, Joe, that most magicians do not build their their own effects. Uh, it's okay. just that it's just that you know what when I was buying things years ago, when I got it in the mail. And I paid an exorbitant amount of money, and I examined it. I said I could build this, <laughs> and, I'm good with, and I'm good with woods and plastics and electronics. Was always one of my hobbies, you know. Okay. And so that you know, that worked out perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's funny, Chuck. I was now that you mentioned electronics. I was talking. I don't mean I don't know Dr. Fab uh, Saba actually, Dr. Saab, uh, what his field is. But I know that the robot that I want, it has like a, a slint across it, like gourd. And it has oh. a little cut that goes side to side. Nice. You know? And I, I was saying, I'll probably have Chuck build that part for me, the eye size. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, I think I know what you're saying. Like the light, there, there's a light that travels from side to side. Right. Yeah. You know who had it? If you remember Buck Rogers in the 25th century? Yep. Uh, you know, the, the one from the 1980s we, or the 70s, the show? Right. That had the little robot had the thing went like that, ding, ding, you know, same thing, same principle. Yeah. 
I think that's called a I think that's called a Larson scanner, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. It is, yes, it's, that, it's, that's, that's what it is. What it is. Yeah. Larson scanner. Cool. Yeah. But um, you see, poor Joe here, he's afraid of magic. You know, he only likes spooky movies and stuff, but magic, you know. I just, just like this here. You know that's it. <laughs> hey, I like I like spooky movies too. Joe, one of my old time favorites, I still watch it, which, which I told Eddie when we were talking on the phone a few days ago. Dr. Fives. I, I've been a big fan of uh, oh, I uh love him. You know what? There was two Doctor Fives movies, but they're, they're both good. But the first one, it's just really cool. It brings yeah, back memories. I think I'm a little bit older right. than you, Joe. I think I'm a little bit older than you. But when I was a kid, I saw that when it was current. No, no, Joe like, is the oldest one here, Chuck. Joe's the yeah, oldest. right. Sixty-two. <laughs> yeah, you oh. wish. <laughs> no. Yeah, doc, yeah, the, the Doctor Five show movies. The, the two of them with um, Vincent Price are just there. I mean, they're excellent. Oh. Yeah, I'd like I I go back even further. You know, I like a lot of the um the silent horror movies. Absolutely. And then, you know, the stuff from the 30s, especially stuff that's, you know, that's pre-code cuz you you don't get those those watered down, you know, scripts yeah. where they're trying to adhere to, you know, the strict ridiculous codes that that <laughs> came out. The same thing happened with, you know, comic books, you know, into the 50s and the 60s when they got coded as well. You know, you used to have EC pumping out these great you know, stories with great artwork and then, you know, everything gets, gets watered down. But yeah, I, I like a lot of that pre-code stuff, but even movies from fifties and sixties and a little bit uh, into the early seventies are, are, yeah. you know, cool as well. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, like a, a horror aspect to magic. I think that would be something really cool to look into. Well, I didn't know there was, you know, anybody really doing anything like that. Now, are you the only one that does that or is that, you know, a big, you know, genre, I guess, in the, the magic industry. It's a big genre. It's uh, a lot of people into spooky magic. In fact, that's what made the spook shows in the 1940s exactly. and 50s so oh, really? famous. Exactly. But yeah. even today, yeah. spooky magic is done by a lot of magicians, Joe. A lot of magicians. Now, now does that come because now I just a little bit that I've looked into magic and I've talked to Eddie about this and, and Dave Harvest, who does a lot with, excuse me, a lot with the, um, you know, Houdini memorabilia and a lot of old magic memorabilia. I really like those posters where you see like the ghosts, the skeletons, you know, oh, the those are beautiful. you know, stuff like that. So was that actually like the start of spooky magic or was yeah. that where spooky magic came from? Yeah. I tell you what here, here, as far as I can tell um, here, here in the United States, I think spiritualism started right here in about 1850. It, it was with the Fox sisters from New York. OK, and there was there was three sisters and they claimed they had psychic ability. All right. And then uh, it turned out that it turned out that they were pretty much a fraud. Uh, what they were <laughs> what they were able to do, believe it or not, was snap their toes and their ankles to make it sound like ghost wrappings. You know what? And, I, uh, I, I read something about that where they yeah. were doing that, where they had to practice that for so long and like yeah, yeah, their yeah. bones like actually you know were deformed so they were you know <laughs> practicing so much that they were able to actually do those you know toe tappings oh yeah and they Joe, and they fold, and they fold a lot of people and, and you know and, and they fold a lot of people you know but yeah. then one, one of the relatives under sworn affidavit i can't remember the, the the name slips me right now but uh one of the relatives uh signed under sworn affidavit that they that they snapped their toes and their ankles and so forth so that's pretty much how you do it but that started the whole spiritualist movement uh it was right here in the united states okay then after that a lot of the vaudeville magicians uh they they came out with spirit cabinets and so right. forth 
So uh, that's pretty much pretty much how it happened. So it goes back pretty pretty far. Then that's yeah. it's not it's nothing new. It's it has its no, roots back in the eighteen hundreds. No, no. That goes back to the 1800s. In fact, if you see Robert Houdin, a lot of his posters and Blackstone always have ghosts and images coming out of them. Uh, magic has always been associated with spooky, horror. Uh, but like Chuck says, what Chuck likes is what I like about magic. I've always looked for the haunted magic and stuff. Dave Harvard said, even though Dave was a practicing magician at one time, all he really does now is more like auction houses and stuff. Because he owns an, an auction house called Harborside and Ewing. And what he does there is, you know, he um, he sells those 50, 30, you know, $100,000 posters that people put, you know, for sale through his auction house. Oh, yeah. um, and in fact, David Copperfield, I think, is one of his biggest customers. The thing is, though, like with Spooky Magic, which I know you would love, Joe, is if you go on eBay or Amazon, and you I put don't even in, want to look because I want to start buying stuff. Wrapping, no, there's a finger like this. Let me see if I can get in the camera. Finger like this, and there's a piece of wood. And when you ask it a question, it wraps by itself. Yeah. And oh, that's cool. $200. Yeah, what it is is, you know, that's like for people to say prediction, like magic. You know, the finger wraps, and it yeah. looks like it's nothing. It really has like a, some type of a visible control line or, or motor. But it, they sell that. That's big. I, I mean, you know, I, I'm wondering if if spooky magic's going to really become, you know, something that that's big because it's always um, been big. Maybe about well, I mean, more. I guess I guess more mainstream because now about a year and a half ago or so, uh, DC Comics came out with a subtitle line of their Justice League series called Justice League Dark, and it dealt with the magicians from the DC world. And it was a very dark themed um, series, and it, and it played off of a um, a small storyline that started in Wonder Woman, which was called the Witching Hour, that dealt with like dark magic, spooky magic. But the Justice League Dark dealt with a lot of like spooky magic uh, subjects and all that, and it's even being made into a um, a show on HBO. Some I'm wondering if you know maybe Spooky Magic can become a lot more mainstream because that's what the comic books revolved around, and now that's what the show's going to revolve around. These magicians, you know, um, fighting supernatural, you know, forces and doing a lot of spooky stuff. So I'm, um, you know, hopefully that'll you know help you out, Chuck, and make a you know a boom in your industry. You know, because yeah, that would be might, that would be cool. Yeah, yeah, might get people yeah. a lot more involved in that because you know <laughs> everything because we even know you know. 10 years ago, you know, I, I was just talking with somebody about this last night is that, you know, when Marvel Cinematic Universe started, you know, comic books weren't really, you know, they, they were for the people that were, you know, weird or nerds and all that. They weren't too mainstream and some of the characters weren't big. But once that first Iron Man movie hit, now oh, everybody yeah. wanted comic books well, and it became a billion dollar industry. So hopefully that, you know, happens with magic because I, you know, I, I don't think magic is on the same you know level right now as, you know, these billion dollar industries. But hopefully maybe that will start, you know, propelling it because everything come, goes around and, you know, cycles. Exactly. exactly. You know, so hopefully that'll start making it bigger and you, you'll start getting more people, you know, involved in it. You'll start seeing more, you know, shows on TV, maybe more movies about it, more live shows. So, well, you know, Joe, do you think something like that is, is possible or? Well, here's yeah. what I let me put my input on this magic and horror and, and, you know, scary magic has always had its place among people. 
it's never been popularized. Like, for example, you never heard of it, but there's actual yeah. theaters today that are still doing spook shows, you know, throughout the country in different parts because I've seen them. The problem is that <clears throat> some people don't hear it unless you like magic. But you know what? Yeah, thing about magic, a, no matter magic where you go. Yeah, but no matter where you go, you go somewhere and you do a magic trick and somebody says, oh, I like that. I like that. That's why magic does so well. In fact, if you look right now on eBay, there's about at least 130 different magic shops. They're still there. The old-fashioned magic shop that doesn't close, that's there forever, they're far and few in between. A lot of them have gone out of business, not because people don't buy magic, but people are now buying it online. And well, you're not you're competing. What's kind of sad, and we've we've touched on this before, Eddie, because I'm in Youngstown, and there's that I know of there's I've never heard of a magic shop in, in Youngstown that that I know of that or remember you know you would either have to go out to Pittsburgh or to Cleveland you know Pittsburgh's an hour from here Cleveland hour and a half to find any magic and the only real magic that you know I've ever been um introduced to through my lifetime was either on TV you know you had um uh what was the the guys with the tiger Siegfried and Roy or you had yeah. Roy Keller, yeah. Or um, uh, who was the other popular one um, during uh, the Flemming, Fle- was it Flem- the guy from our Radio City Music Hall, the long hair guy? What was his name, Chuck? Yeah, oh, he had- uh, Chris Chris Angel. No, no, no back no. in the eighties, going oh, back. back in the- oh, Doug Henning, Doug Henning, Doug Henning. Yeah, Doug Henning. Yeah. Until he died, he was. Yeah. Oh, he's great. he was fantastic. He was yeah, fantastic. so you know, I was only introduced to stuff like that, or yeah. if it was like you. Hey, look! I could put a, you know, a pin through a balloon, or make the, you know, do something, yeah. you know, very um, childish. You never, I was never introduced to, you know, seeing, you know, very good magic or spook magic. So I'm, I'm kind of excited to, you know, you start learning about right this now. now. <laughs> you did one right now. You froze in time, and you went, uh, 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 and then <laughs> yeah, I'm, already, yeah, I'm was, already on my road to it. <laughs> hey, that was that was pretty spooky. But but I tell you what, Eddie Eddie brought up a good point. You know, most brick and mortar stores, the majority of them are closing. The last shop in Pittsburgh just closed a couple of years ago, uh, and, and there was one in Greensburg, Pennsylvania. He was a very good okay. friend of mine. He closed up. So most are online because when you have a brick and mortar store, I mean, you have to pay your 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 you know your bills. Yeah. And uh, so that so that makes it difficult. And you brought up a point, Joe, too, that was very interesting. Uh, magic does go in cycles. You're exactly right. About 20 years ago, uh, there was World's Greatest Magic. There was a, it was on every year, but he used to look, look look forward to watching it. And magic yeah. shot through the roof. Yeah. I mean, it was really yeah. unbelievable. So that, you know, that helped a lot. It really did. Yeah, uh, but yeah it's just like, just like, yeah, just like anything. I mean, we see, you know, records you know, starting to make a comeback. Even VHS is starting to make a comeback among some collectors, sports cards. So, you know, I'm hoping magic starts making a comeback and it would be nice to see some, you know, actual brick and mortar stores where you, I mean, as much as we all love online and the deals and all that, there's nothing that beats walking in store and, and just being amongst all the stuff, you know, especially like I'm a big comic book guy and I love going into the stores and smelling the paper and looking at the books you know, so it'd be it'd be nice to go into a magic shop like that, but I don't know any well, that are near let, me. Well, let me tell you something. In St. Augustine, Florida, there's a magic shop there that's been there about 40 years. It's called Theater Magic, and I'm sure Chuck knows who I'm talking about. Yeah. And he's been getting pretty popular. The kid that works for him in Theater Magic uh, impressed me like crazy. And the other thing, Tannin's Magic Shop. 
PC. Uh, and, and Chuck knows that Tannen's Magic Shop is like the second oldest in the country because Marquita Magic, or oh, Flossa Horn and Magic Shop was the one that was older. But even though they're still in business, but, you know, Flossa Horn and it's all online now. He, he closed his shop. And, but, but Tannen's, what Tannen had made really popular in Magic was the mystery box. They had a magic mystery box that they sell for twenty five dollars. That was cool. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Now the magic mystery box, what made it really famous, it made a debut in Wire magazine. JJ Abrams, the producer, you know, said that when he was a kid, he walked into the shop, he got the magic box, and then he kept it, never opened it because then it wouldn't be a mystery anymore. <laughs> And it was kind of funny, though, because some guy was online the other day, and I'm watching him for 20 minutes, a magician, and I'm saying, you know, he's about to open the box. And you know what he does? He takes the box out of a box, and then he does like J.J. Abrams says, at the end now, you know what? It's better to keep it a mystery. If I open it, then I, it's not going to be a mystery no more. And I'm like, what? I waited 20 minutes, and now you're not going to open it, you know? So <laughs> he got hey. me there. The point is, anyway, I turned around, and I ordered two for myself. One, hey, two, Chuck, I, Chuck I have a question. Okay, I, I, Eddie sent me this um, a couple months, uh, maybe a little bit longer, than a couple months ago or so, and I've never heard of it. And I, I, I read a little bit of the um, little bit of the pamphlet, and I thought it was very interesting. But it's let me see if I could get it up here on screen. Bat Magic by Ricky Dunn. Have you ever heard of that? I know who Ricky Dunn is, but I, I've never heard of Bat Magic. No, it, it, it's it's pretty cool. If you get a chance, or if Eddie Eddie could send you one, it's really, I I, I don't know. It's 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 very weird. Everything's kind of bat related. There's even like some Batman stuff in it. But <laughs> um, I, I Ricky Dunn. Who who was he? Was he a, a he was popular a, magician or he was. He was a pickpocket, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, no. he was. He, yeah, he was. What kind, of, what kind of stuff are you peddling, Eddie? <laughs> if I, you know what, I'm just about positive. If I remember right, his stage act, I think it's him. He would he would call people up. It, it was hilarious. I mean, he'd have your watch, he'd have your necktie. You're a guy. I mean, it was unbelievable. I I believe that that was Ricky Dunn, if I'm not mistaken. He was a he was a professional pickpocket, uh, but he, but he did a nice magic type of show with that. I yeah, think he's gone. I think he passed away. If I'm thinking of the right person, I mean, I, I don't want to. Yeah, he did. He did. But you know what's funny though? You reminded me there was a magician. I, f I forgot his name. I, a professional magician that he passed. Let's put it this way: he he got married to this woman that worked with me in the hospital a couple of years ago, and he passed away. And then the woman, I think the, the his children called the ex-wife and said, "If you want his magic stuff." You better get it because we're going to dump it all. <laughs> and she says, it's sad. It's going to be lost. They go, whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean lost? One second. I have a van. You have a car. We can go up there and fill it up. And that we did. <laughs> yeah. I must have picked up about 472 magic books, DVDs. Oh, yeah. Most things, you know, a collection of Genie magazine from the 1930s yeah. and 40s. Oh, some great stuff. I got over 700 issues. But the point is that I forgot his name. I'm trying to remember because he signed um, Carliti. I forgot the name. Because um, mm. everybody knows the amazing Randy. Randy oh, was yeah. from Patterson, New Jersey. Patterson, correct? Yeah. And he followed doing Houdini stuff, like escaping from things. And 
And one thing about, like, again, uh, Joe, if you look at any magic stuff, very few magic doesn't deal with some type of horror. Like for example, the, the, oh, absolutely. The, the arm, the arm yeah. chopper, you know, I mean, head choppers. Coney, that, Island. Yeah. Coney Island had those machines, oh. the fortune telling machines. Why would they? I mean, everything behind oh, carnivals has horror in it. Yeah. You, you just haven't been looking, Joe, but I'm telling you, everything has horror. And I've been attracted to it because of that. It's fantastic. Uh, the seven yeah, that's why I kind of like the, a lot of the vintage stuff. I mean, especially because I'm a you know a big art guy too. So I, I like the you know the artwork, especially with the ghosts, the skulls, oh, gorgeous. The demons, gorgeous. and all that. It's just just some of it's beautiful. And I mean, you start looking at original stuff. I mean, you're talking in the tens of thousands sometimes, oh, yeah. you know, hundreds of thousands for original stuff. But just to to look at it, and I even I had a um about a year or two ago, I got a book from uh, Barnes and Nobles, and it was on kind of like the history of magic. And I, I don't even think, I don't think I even read anything of it because I just kept going through the book maybe seven or eight times, just looking at the, the pictures and just studying the pictures. And, you know, it just, everything, all that stuff just, just captivated me. And it almost, you know, I, I, you know, now we could look at it and say, yeah, you know, it's, it's magic. You know, there's a, there's a process to doing the magic to the illusion, right. but I could imagine myself being, you know, a 12 year old kid back in the twenties or thirties and seeing this stuff done on stage. And you're like, Oh my gosh, you know, this guy's dealing with, you know, the paranormal or demons or these spirits or, you know, or watching a medium on stage and it would, you would actually, you know, believe it. And then you would see these posters and, you know, in, in the, um, you know, maybe leading into the theater with the, you know, the ghosts or, you know, the skulls and you would think, man, I, I'm getting into something that's very, you know, spooky or, or otherworldly. So I, you know, I kind of like to, you know, transition myself back to maybe that period and try to put myself into the mind of like a little kid walking into like these, you know, dark theaters, maybe, you know, dimly lit or just what, you know, candles and seeing these, you know, cool magic tricks or these cool mediums. And just, you Let, know, me ask question, Joe. Let me ask this question. I just want to say, cause Chuck, you would know this better than me. I believe that what happened, and here's what Joe will be excited about. I think the magic was always horror and dark. What happened was is when <clears throat> Walt Disney first produced the Haunted Mansion, I could be wrong on this, he said he wanted to create a haunted house that was haunted but not enough to scare right. the kids. So he wanted to have a mild haunted house. <clears throat> Somebody, because I heard the story, somebody that was building it with him said, no, that's crazy. It was like the opposite. So they kind of made the Haunted Mansion because Walt Disney died before it was officially finished open. So it became like, you know, a little scary, but not so scary type of theme like that. Sure, sure. I think what they did is they started putting in the, in the late 60s, they started putting on magic. So many kids was watching it. They, they started making magic a little more mild and less scary. And that's where you got the parties for kids and stuff like that. Before, you didn't do parties for kids when you were a magician in the 40s and 50s. You performed in the theater. You performed right. a lot. Am I okay in saying that, Chuck? I mean, oh, absolutely. You better than me. But absolutely. I, I, you know, there's a there's a few guys that I knew over over 35 years ago. They were they were uh, they were older back then, and they were good friends of mine. I became good friends with them. They were they were local Pittsburgh magicians who performed in clubs. Uh, 
Tony Polito just passed away about about two years ago. He's a very good friend of mine. He was about 94 when he died, but but he played all the club circuits exactly like you're saying, uh, Eddie. Back in the back in the 50s, back in the early 60s. Uh, you know what? I was I, I was fortunate enough to know Del Rey. Uh, uh, some of the viewers, which I'm sure probably know who this is, he was he was a legendary magician here in Pittsburgh. He was probably, in my opinion, overall the best magician that I think I ever saw. Uh, he was a pioneer with microelectronic magic. That's who got me into this, actually. I was fortunate enough to do a show with him in 1987 on the same stage, and I was just, like, blown away what he did. And at that time, I was in college. I got a degree in business, and I ended up doing this stuff. But <laughs> but it's a lot more fun. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, but I mean, no, but I, but you know, I was, I was friends with Del Rey for over 30 years and he was a fantastic magician. And one more thing that Eddie brought a point up, uh, about the vintage magic. Yeah, that's, that's very important. You know what, what I recommend to younger kids is to read, you know what the old time books, uh, the, the, the Tarbell books. Right. right. Tarbell, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. You know, the old Tarbell ones, the, 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 the professor Hoffman books, uh, the, you know, the, the greater magic, some of the principles in there are so old that they're new. I mean, like I actually use these principles and a lot of these mm. things that I make and like, and like the younger people are going, Whoa, where'd you get that? Well, it's from a book that's a hundred years old, you know? So yeah, so you have to read. See, that's the thing about yeah, it. You know Chuck, I mean? that, that's funny. You brought that up. Cause my, my next question to you was going to be is, you know, for these, you know, young kids or even young adults that want to get into magic, there's so much out there now and, and so many different places for them to look. And they're, they're, they're probably overwhelmed or could be overwhelmed. What would be your advice for um, people just starting off, off with magic, no matter what age they are? Yeah. What right. I'd recommend uh, Joe would be the, first of all, if you have a local club in your area, you know, like Pittsburgh has a ring, you know, which is, which is a magic club. That's that's for the IBM, which is the International Brotherhood, uh, the actual the International Brotherhood of Magicians, and there's the SAM, the Society of American Magicians. I'd recommend that they find a local club, that way they can fellowship with other magicians. Okay, and then the other thing I recommend, which is what Eddie was saying, if you can, if you can, uh, if you can patronize the brick and mortar stores, like like he said, Tannins, uh, there's a, there's a wonderful place that's been around for over 100 years, around 100 years in Michigan, Abbott's, Colon, Michigan. Uh, my wife and I went to their get-together two summers. It was fantastic. It was a whole week of magic. I mean, it was unbelievable. And they're nice people, you know. So I would look up Abbott's Magic, Tannen's Magic, uh, mm -hmm. Hocus Pocus down in California. That's a fantastic place. So stick with the brick-and-mortar places, you know, talk to other magicians, learn some moves. You know what? I actually specialize in sleight of hand, too. I don't want you guys just to think I'm a button pusher because I'm not. <laughs> no. I actually specialize with this complex sleight of hand. Yeah, there's cool. also a magic shop in uh, California. My brother went to it. I, I've never been to it, but uh, it's Houdini, Houdini Magic oh, yeah. Shop. It's 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 very big. Um, I, you know what? To be honest with you, Joe, David was making fun of me because he's like, "What are you going on a shopping spree for magic now?" Because I've been buying um, anything that's spooky. I usually look up haunted magic. And you oh, get, uh, you know, the linking ring. One of my favorites is the uh, Hilarious Haunted Hanky oh, from um, Loftus Novelties because the old one has the most beautiful artwork in that envelope you could see. You ever seen that, Joe? No. Uh -uh. Oh, okay. Uh -huh. I, I got to show it to you. The Hilarious Haunted. You know what I'm talking about, right, Joe? Uh, Chuck? Oh, uh, Chuck, this is the thing that's funny, too, about why a lot of the stores, I think, close. 
when you go, when you make magic, or when you sell magic, you would sell a cheap old booklet stapled on the side as a plan. You sold it for $20, $30, and people would pay for it. For example, one of the best tricks, I think, in my opinion, is the appearing cane. And this Still there, Eddie? I think you froze, Eddie. He, he's doing his own magic. Well, until Eddie... <laughs> Until Eddie comes back, but Chuck, I wanted to just touch on something that that you had mentioned too about reading, you know, reading through those old uh, books from the early 1900s, and I think that that it just goes, you know, across the board for anything that anybody's trying to get into, whether it's magic, whether it's uh, drawing, it is read. You know, Absolutely. find what you can and read. You know, I, I've. I, I'm always, you know, interested in, in, in different stuff, whether it's, you know, you know, I do some writing, you know, I'm starting to get back into doing some, you know, drawing and the first thing I do is, is I read, I, I read as much as I can about a subject, even when I'm, you know, going to do an article for a, a movie, I, I, I find everything that I can for that movie and I read and I read and I read, even before sometimes I watch the movie, I, I want to do the, the reading. So if anybody's out there, you know, Find what you can and just, you know, just absorb it all and and, and read as much as you can. I agree. I agree 100%. You know what I mean? I mean, we grew up, you know, uh, we actually read a lot and, uh, you know, it was, it was big in my family. And that's how I learned my magic, Joe, which was very difficult because books, you know, with, with scant drawings, you really can't figure it out too well. I think that I think the younger kids growing up now, they're at an, they're at an advantage because they have YouTube and so forth, where there's a lot of, there's a lot of tutorials, you know what I mean? Right. But I, it's very important. You have to on the subject. I mean, I, I probably have over a thousand books on, uh, oh, on wow. you know, on magic alone, you know. That's, that's but, quite a library. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got quite a collection. It's it's actually out of control. That's why I'm trying to sell a few things here and there. You know? <laughs> but, yeah, it's uh, never out of control, man. It's just, it's, you know, <laughs> I've, I've got tons of books myself and I, I've got, reference book on top of reference book for for everything and i always you know find myself going back to it and even um one of the things i'm you know because i'm getting starting to get back in i used to do art a long time ago so i'm just starting to get back into it and and i remember back in oh had to be grade school maybe in the mid 80s there was this in in the library at the school there was this old art book on um um drawing like cartoons and it was very i remember being just the very basics and i've been trying to find that for years now like i i, I remember the cover i don't remember the name of it but i could recall the cover a yellow cover with some cartoons if i seen it i would know it but oh yeah you know no matter how old some of these references are because a lot of people think that they have to buy new books but if you go back to the the old stuff you know the information is just as good if not sometimes better you know like you oh, said about the magic tricks going back to the early 1900s and finding stuff because you know people might have forgot about that or haven't used that stuff in 50 years so now you're bringing it you know new <laughs> oh yeah hey that's what's great about eddie because i mean man he's really into the to the johnson smith the honor house the gale house which is stuff we grew up on in the comic books and that brings right. back memories that's it's amazing it's really i mean i i had a lot of that stuff i have a couple things from my childhood from johnson smith someday i'm going to put together like a little like a little showcase for it and I'll, and I'll show you guys the stuff I have. It, it's, it's, uh, very, it's, yeah, it's very minimal, you know, but I mean, but that brings back memories. That's, what's great. I like talking to, you know, Eddie about all this stuff because man, he's very knowledgeable and he's bringing this oh, stuff yeah. back. He's bringing it back. It's great. 
Yeah, hopefully that you know, it, you know, like we were talked about, everything comes around in circles. So hopefully that's the same with novelty and uh, magic. But I want to touch on you. You mentioned at the beginning that you travel a lot uh, doing your magic through, excuse me, United States and Canada. Um, what are some of your favorite places that you you enjoy going to and performing? You know, inside the states and outside. Yeah, I tell you what, I was I was in a few uh, I was in a few lounges out in Las Vegas performing, and that's that's a, just a cool place. It's you know oh, yeah. everything everything right now is pretty much shut down, but I mean right. it's it's just, it's just a neat place. You know, I like to go to the conventions in uh, recent years. Uh, I just started getting back into that because the kids are older now. We have uh, two boys, Michael and Nick. Michael's twenty eight, Nick is twenty five. And they moved out, so it's kind of it's kind it's kind of nice they're on their own now. <laughs> but yes, as my wife and I started to get back into the into the conventions, which is neat. I mean, because you talk to a lot of magicians and you you know socialize, you know, and that's that's a, that's a that's a neat thing. You know, there's like a strong brotherhood there, Joe. You know what I mean? And uh, but oh, yeah, but there's, you know what I the, the main thing I always enjoy doing the probably the most amazing things I've I've done in magic is at schools. I've always liked to perform at school shows. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know exactly why, but there's a but there's a feeling there that you get a good vibe from the kids. And I are also those use pretty, are those still pretty big the, doing the schools? Yeah, yeah. Prior to it, I had quite a few booked actually, and I'm and I'm doing a few online actually on uh, Zoom. You know, which is there's like 150 kids watching, and you really can't see them. Once in a while, a face pops up. You know, yeah. but <laughs> but it's but it's kind of neat. Schools schools are neat. And I use a safety program for a, for a live school show where I where I, I have big posters and I teach the kids how to cross streets, you know, getting in and off the school right. bus, things of that nature, you know. But you're, you're, uh, you're tricking them into learning. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, but schools are cool. I always like them the best. I don't know why. There's there there's there's like a vibe that comes back to you, you know what? Because the kids are like sitting there, you know, like they're in awe, which is pretty much what we were when we were kids. So that's right. That's nice. But schools are my favorite, you know, out of any kind. Oh, very good, very good. So, um, we're we're gonna be wrapping it up here. So, one, give everybody. Uh, do you have a website out there? Do you have? Are you in social media or anything like that? Yeah, yeah. You know what? If if the viewers would like to see some of my creations and actually me demonstrate some of the Inverti magic from Tony Inverti of Holland, go to YouTube, okay, and search. Uh, go open the block and search magician Chuck Caputo. Okay, or you could search my wife, Sherry Caputo. She films a lot of it. So she has a YouTube channel also. That's C-H-E-R-I. That's how my wife spells her name. Caputo, C-A-P-U-T-O. Okay. And if you go to my website, that's like pretty much for clients. I mean, there's like really nothing new on there. But I mean, uh, uh, but you could Google my name. It'll it'll take you to the website if you want to do that. But if you want to see me perform The Haunted House, which is what Eddie was just talking about. Hey, you know, here he is. He's back and kind of sideways. <laughs> Listen, oh. I don't know. I, I mean, my computer has just totally frozen. <laughs> I'm hosting you guys. And there you go. How you doing, Eddie? Let me try to do this. Okay, there you better. go. <laughs> well, we'll, well, we'll have all your, Chuck, we'll have all your links and all that um, in the okay, description cool. and everything as well. Okay. And, um, the, you know, uh, the, other, uh, the only other thing I wanted to mention to the viewers out there, like if somebody's, you know. Sure. If they're like getting into magic, particularly read a lot, like we said, or and, and try to build stuff. I mean, you really don't know what you can do until you try. You know what? I started 30 years ago building electronic magic. I started with RC cars. 
and they work off of common frequencies, channel 27 and channel 49. And, and, and from there, I migrated to the key fobs where they're up in the 800 megahertz, you know. So, I mean, you really don't know what you can, what you can do until you try, you know what I mean? So right. I, I would recommend to try and build what you can too because it's very, it's very gratifying. You know, and that's the, the best thing too. And if there is people out there, you know, listening or watching that have an interest in, in magic or, you know, want to get a hold of someone, you know, Get a hold of you know, um, you know, head over to houseoftheunusual.com in the form there. You know, put something in the form there, it's a good place to you know get in touch with people. We do have a few uh, members that are you know magicians, whether they're amateur or professional, but you know, <laughs> you know, building your community on there. And you could get where's it? this guy right here, you know, he's he's always around, very knowledgeable to, to answer questions. And it, um, look, I, I want you to see everything just real quick before we close. The computer right there is still frozen. <laughs> I have not been able to unfreeze it. I don't know what happened. And you guys were still on. I yeah, we were on. I used my magic and I froze it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It, worked out, it worked out good. It worked out good. Joe and I were still talking, so it worked out great. Hey, but thanks for having me, guys. Nice meeting you, Joe. Thank yeah. you. Uh, thank you, you Eddie, for having me. You know, we're, uh, you still, we still got 10 minutes on the cast here, don't we? Oh, yeah, we got a, we got a few minutes here, so we're yeah we're just closing it up real quick and getting some final thoughts. I wanted Chuck to at least you know in case we froze up again to get out his um his contact information, anybody to to get a hold of him and um, um so that that's where that's where we're at now. Now we got John back. I don't know why it says John underneath his <laughs> John. Right now. Oh my gosh! I got kind of confused when I was looking. I know it's yeah. I, you know when that popped up, I'm thinking like, did somebody else like pop into our, <laughs> our 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 you know our podcast here? You know, someone named John, and they seen Eddie sideways. There so. you go. No. Yeah, I just wanted we want. I wanted to get Chuck's information out there just in case something happened or we had more technical. Yeah. Difficulties. Yeah. You know what? Oh, I'm not. You know what? I'm not a hard guy to find. Just you know what? Google magician Chuck Caputo. My, my my name, my address will pop up. It'll it'll take you right to YouTube, so you can see a lot of my videos. I make short videos. I only make about four minutes, five minutes. I can't stand real long videos, uh, so I, I I keep them <laughs> short. You know, and it's uh, you know th things that I collect. I have a lot of my collection items, things that I've built. You know, and so forth. Watch the videos. Give me a thumbs up if you feel so inclined to do. And I'd recommend for you, Joe, to check out the haunted house. Check out, check yeah, out. Yeah, definitely Chuck have to check check that out. You know, I'll probably check it out tonight because that sounds, you know, something really cool. And yeah, yeah. actually, uh, we're gonna put a link on it if I can manage to uh, <laughs> to to play around here because I really don't know what the heck. Happened. Starting to get motion sickness. All he's moving around. <laughs> no, no, no. This is. I mean, I'm doing this on the iPad. I don't even know why the iPad is. It's gotta be crooked. <laughs> I'm surprised you got connected. I'm surprised you got connected oh. back in. <laughs> now, now I'm back. Hey, hey, when you do stuff live, that's that's what happens, you know. I mean, what are you gonna yeah, do? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's always always some type of technical difficulties, but that's I guess that yeah, that's the gem of doing something live. <laughs> yeah, you know oh. what? It's better than pre-recorded because of that reason. Um, yeah. Hey, it shows uh, it shows you're human, right? I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. It shows you're no, human, I, right? I think that. The, it's kind of weird though because I don't I've never seen anything where and I, I'm not kidding you guys look we're still here still frozen up wow the computer will not turn off and it's I, I don't get it I've never seen anything like it <laughs> I, I think this is what it is this is the frozen time frame will be you guys will be frozen in time 
the image that will last. That's not a bad picture, man. You put that up on the, as our, our thumbnail for the. Uh... But I I can't even capture the thing because the, the like I I don't know what happened. You know. Oh, the I, whole the whole com is it the whole computer or just the screen? The whole computer. Oh. Wow. It's it's Isn't been I something? can't turn it off. It won't respond. I <laughs> close it right. So turn off. I reopened it and look. Still wow. <laughs> So I, I had to run to the iPad, but you know what? <laughs> you know, you know what, Chuck. Speaking of technical difficulties, how how much, how much, you know, if you if you do a new, you put together a new trick, how much, you know, time and effort goes into that trick to make sure that it performs correctly, so that you don't have technical difficulties on stage. That's a, hey, that's a very that's a very good point, Joe. I tell you what, if I learn something new or if I create something. Uh, it, it takes a few weeks to rehearse it and to get it down pat. You know, uh, if I can't perform a if I can't perform a magic show and I'm about 99 percent sure of it, you know what, uh, then I'll pull a particular trick out. But I have to be close to 100 percent. You know, it's, it's it's not a it's not a guarantee. I mean, I've I've actually made mistakes. I mean, I've 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 uh, dropped things occasionally and I. You know, something didn't quite go right, but you don't call attention to it. You you know what? The show goes on. You know, you right, can't, yeah. You, know, you, you can't stop. You can't. You you know, I, I, I always wondered about that. When, you know, when magicians, when they're on stage, because they're doing it live in front of, you know, a live audience, you know, whether Absolutely. they're farther back, you know, what, what happens when, you know, a mistake is made? Because, you know, I'm guessing... You know, well, look what if you make a mistake, me, that could be detrimental to a trick, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I was performing a trick. It's called the disappearing from the stage. Coming back <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, yeah. no. Yeah, it does take a. It's a long time, like he says, man, to set up and everything. Oh my gosh. See that's yes. Yeah, so no, is that is that like a. So, like you said, you would have to not call attention to it if you drop something. Don't call you, attention you, to it. Keep you going. Actually, do you actually practice, you know, mishaps and like saying, you know, practice dropping something, but, you know, keep going, you know, to. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. You got to keep going. You know, um, you know what? My wife, she's a nurse and uh, she was telling me way back when she was in high school, she twirled the baton and they told her, if you drop the baton, keep acting like you're twirling it, even if you don't have it. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? You know, you have to continue on. You know, that's, you know, that's, that's very important. You know, I mean, things happen, you know, what yeah. the cards and so forth, you know, like a card might fly out of your hand occasionally. I mean, it shouldn't, I mean, you know, with all the years I've been doing it, but you know, but if I'm being completely honest, things happen and I'm only a human being. I yeah. mean, so, you know, you know what, you just got to cover it up. You got to keep going, man. You gotta, yeah. You know, know, no, nobody's perfect. And if you do a yeah. trick, you know, a thousand times, the more you do it, you know, the more the odds are is that, you know, mistakes gonna gonna happen. So you know, I always thought, man, you know, these magicians they put all this time in, and, and if a mistake's made, like me, I, I would pucker up and be like, ah, oh, you know, I what the heck happened? But you know, you in reality, you would have to keep going and move their attention, you know, Absolutely. somewhere else, and just you know keep moving on. That's yeah. The only thing you wouldn't I, be able, uh, the only thing you wouldn't be able to recover from is if you blatantly tripped and fell. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if you. You would, well, that would be bad. <laughs> well, uh, I, I mean, I won't. This is the deal. We never had. To, I've never had technical difficulty. My uh, friend Joe here always yeah. has technical difficulty. It's always my fault. I'm the yeah. The thing they come to me. The no, technical difficulties. I mean, I've never seen a computer freeze. It's a Chromebook, but it's a it's a, it's a nine hundred dollar Chromebook. It's not a cheap 
it's yeah. uh, you know it's got eight gigs of RAM. Why did it do that? I have no idea. It's still frozen. I have no idea what's happening to it, but it made me scared because it, I can lose a lot of information on yeah. that computer. <laughs> well, well, we got about four minutes here, so let's let's wrap up. Hello? Your final, what final words of wisdom do you have out there for for people listening or See, viewing? Now you froze, Joe. He was freezing. <laughs> I didn't quite hear that, Joe. What did you say? <laughs> what, what what are what are your final what are your final thoughts? Um, what what final words of wisdom do you have for for people out there? You know, listening or viewing us. Sure. sure. The only thing I can tell you, you know, what is uh, whatever field you choose, just do it good. Do it to the best of you know to the best of your ability. I don't care if you're a carpenter. I don't care if you're you know my son's an electrician. I mean, whatever you do, do it the best you can. Be well versed in it. You know, give it a best shot. Treat people fair. Be honest, you know what, and that's that's basically the best you can do. Awesome, Eddie. What, what do you got for us? Well, I it's kind of interesting because what I'm seeing, what happened today, and the technical difficulty and everything, it's making me wonder <laughs> if live streaming is even worth it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's a tough it's business, insane, man. I mean, we're, we're trying to do a good show here, we go out our way, and then all of a sudden. What I think it's happening, so many people are live streaming, especially at night on the internet. Yeah. That's what's causing the freeze up because whatever <laughs> it is, it was the internet. And I have one gig up and down. So, yeah, I, when, I, I know we, we, we discussed and, you know, we'll have to talk about it further about, you know, maybe just strictly going uh, to audio and just doing the podcast and maybe keeping the, uh, the YouTube for, you know, special events or, you know, special uh, interviews where, you know, the visual aspect of it might be a little bit more valuable. So, everybody out there, you know, stay tuned and, um, um, you know, we'll, we'll have more information and definitely everyone out there go to house of the unusual.com. It's our main website. Um, tons of stuff to do on there. Eddie has a, a bunch of videos showing his collection, um, showing some different, you know, vintage and newer items. Uh, there's also a forum on there that that's free to join. Anybody could join it, go on there, you know, meet some, meet some like-minded people, you know, so if you have questions about, you know, magic, you know, put them on there. There there are some people that are magicians, you know, in the form or that might be looking to join. So you might be the, the person that, you know, influences somebody else to join. So go on there. There's always some good discussions going on. We got a nice blog and then there's a, a link to the podcast on there. And there's also a link to um, the eBay store on there where you'll find a lot of these, uh, you know, um, novelty items that, that Eddie's still selling and definitely check us out. Uh, if you're listening to us, check us out on YouTube at uh, House of the Unusual. We have a lot of great videos on there. You can see all of our, our faces, you know, every, every week from the ones we've been doing. And, um, you know, we're on Instagram, House of the Unusual, and Facebook as well. So, you know, check us out on there. Definitely support us. If you're on YouTube, you know, subscribe, you know, give us a like, leave a, you know, a cool comment or something. And, you know, and tell us something and definitely, you know, if you if there's something you want us to discuss or or talk about, go to the, the forum on House of the Unusual dot com and, you know, put on there what you would like to hear. If you want to see more of of this guy right here, of Chuck, if you want him on, you know, more, you know, let us know and, you know, definitely get him on because there's always more to talk about. And, you know, we, we definitely enjoy doing this stuff and, and, and talking about it and digging deeper into these these subjects. So. That's all, all I've got for everybody out there. Yeah, and what I'm going to say is if we have, uh, because of what's happening with the internet and so overcrowding 
that's causing all these technicalities. Uh, you can still hear us on Anchor and seven platforms. And we will concentrate on more on that than the actual live ones. So we might, like you said, Joe, we might actually stop this because it's 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 happening every week almost to us. Yeah. So and whatever your whatever your yeah whatever your favorite podcast platform is, you know we're on at iTunes, Spotify, Anchor. You know, so check us out on there. So Eddie, Chuck, you know, thank you for joining us. Um, everybody and out there, thank you for joining us, and uh, we'll see you next hold week. Hold on a second, we're going to do the closing there. And- Bye, guys. Okay, thanks, guys. Okay, bye-bye. There we go.